This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode 135. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Adam Bell, here I am. Good to see you, Peter. Good to see you, too, Adam. How are you? I am doing well, all considering living through a pandemic, had a world upside down with politics, and a business owner, and we're all crooks. So I'm doing wait, great. Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> all, all small business owners, we're all crooks. I mean, that's what the IRS thinks. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Guilty until proven innocent, right? That's the guilty. mantra in the United States. Guilty, guilty. <laughs> Don't worry, partner. This is, a, that. this is a lose-lose for everyone. You're going <laughs> to lose, and then we're going to spend your tax dollars making you lose. So lose-lose. <laughs> it's a zero-sum game. <laughs> The best oh, thing boy. you could do is just open up your wallet and let us have access to it and let's just not fight this anymore. But we're not bitter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I find, you know, with, with the, the, the secret to taxes is to make your estimates, overpay them, and be thankful when you get anything back. And just, you, you just got to start, you know, like that. So then uh, you sent me a document on um, savings. Yes. And we're going to talk yeah. about that today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing. There it is right there in the main topic. Now that I have the right Google doc, um, we'll, we'll get to that. Not Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about money today. <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, I'm going to talk about taxes, which is kind of the opposite of money. Yeah. And um so we're going to talk about like how much should you save and stuff. But mm -hmm. what people often don't think about is how much should you save quote unquote for taxes. Uh huh. And I think that's really interesting. I mean, as someone who has always been relatively fiscally responsible, I am just still astounded when I meet up with a new small business owner who's just getting started and they have, zero understanding of budgeting or taxes or payroll or expenses or the idea of separating personal from business mm -hmm. in any respect, you know, not talking about like I use my business laptop to surf my home Facebook account. I'm talking about like I pay all of the expenses out of my personal checking account and or credit card yeah. and personal credit card. Right now there's nothing illegal about doing that. But it's incredibly messy, you know? It's I mean, messy depending on it makes it harder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's so, but wait, wait how's it harder? It's easier if I just have one credit card. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like, you know, but, but um, it's uh, from, um, what was it? Uh, Profit First, that dude. Yeah. Um, uh, plan guy and Profit First. Oh, Mike Michalowicz. Michalowicz, yes. I haven't mm -hmm. listened to his podcast or read any of his stuff in a long time. But, I mean, you know, he, he, wrote a, he wrote books that you could just, like, boil down to, like, a paragraph or two. They would be great executive book summary books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, calculate how much money you need to make and uh, figure out how much you're going to be needing to pay in taxes and set that aside before you spend it. 
Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like going out to a restaurant in the United States and seeing that the entree that you're going to buy is going to cost $20. You know, in the United States, because the United States, you're going to have to pay taxes, which we're not bitter, but you're also going to have to pay a tip uh -huh. on top of that because mm -hmm. ludicrously stupid customs, uh, you know, like <laughs> well, we're going to give part of that bill that you owe part of the salary or part of the wage that the person's serving you. You get to just arbitrarily determine what that's going to be. You, have, deter have that, you determine know? how good they deserve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, most Americans, when you go out to eat in a restaurant, you know that the price that you see shown right there on the menu is not the price you're going to pay. And yeah. just like that, you know, when you're, when you're a business owner, the amount of money that comes in when a client or a customer pays you is not the amount that you get to keep. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, first right. off, we're not even talking about expenses, right? Because if I have to like spend $5 to make a $7 sale, I've only made $2 of profit, but mm -hmm. even less than that, there's taxes involved, right? These, should be things like when you go to register a business, don't you think it would be interesting if people had to go through some sort of basic financial management for business owners, like course before they did that? Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be interesting. And, you know, as you know, now that I am, well, I've done a lot of businesses over the last 20 years, but I've been running this business for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and I thought that I knew a lot when I started, but there was a whole lot of things that I did not know that I didn't know, uh, like what you described there. And there were, there was small business resources available to me even 12 years ago Yep. Uh, that I did not take advantage of that I should have taken advantage where yep. I should have taken. And I guess that's one place that the, the government does do something for us where they, they try to be helpful. Um, but I also, you know, when you sign up for a, a business license, they could say, have you done this basic training on a business license or have you, do you already own a business and you don't need this or, you know, something, I don't know. It's probably un-American to do something like that. Make somebody have education before they, we can't, we have, a, we have a right to be stupid here. And the thing is, like, the, there's a fine line between what's useful and then what's suddenly really, really onerous. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the first uh, reading assignments that I had in my uh, macroeconomics class, which I'm taking right now, was um, a guy, uh, uh, DeSoto, who did this research of... Uh, developing nations and former Soviet bloc nations and all of the black market and underground economies that are springing up. And we're talking like in Latin America, like trillions of dollars of economies that are going around completely untapped by the governments. And one of the main reasons that he cites is the process for establishing a legal business is just so onerous that no one does it. Like huh. it can take like six months or, or so of, um, you know, process applications just to stand up like a food stand or, you know, a, a street shopping cart, uh, you know, street cart type of kind of thing. Mm -hmm. No one's going to do that. 
They don't have the time, right? And then the money involved to like get real estate licenses can cost like, you know, I don't have the the exact numbers, but I remember reading these and just being astonished at how how much, you know, the the fees were. Mm -hmm. So I complain about like having to deal with the government from time to time, especially like, you know, when a law, state law changes, Vermont was horrible, you know, Massachusetts, there's just as much crap that needs to be done, but at least they're a little more organized Uh, by a little, I mean a lot more organized. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I can pick up the phone or I can go to the website and I can find the details. Whereas Vermont, it's all just like, they were like the Greek embassy when I was trying to get my passport. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Um, but these other, you know, countries make this look, um, you know, like a walk in the park, mm-hmm. not even to mention like corruption and stuff. We're not even talking <laughs> about that. I'm talking about like the legal process. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I could see where something, you know, like before people start up a business, because, you know, we know like the vast majority of new businesses fail. Yeah. Right? The vast majority. I mm-hmm. forget. It's like 80% will fail in the first year. And then like out of that, 80 more percent will fail, fail in the second year or something. You know, it's, yeah, it, it's yeah. stupid. Well, and, and Dave Ramsey talks, I mean, one of his statistics is you will start 10 businesses before you will have one successful. And, and now it may have been something as small as a little idea that you started off in and then realized this isn't going to work. I'm not ever going to make any money here. Yep. And Sublime happens to be my 10th business. <laughs> Does lemonade stand count? Yeah, that would be a business, yes. Okay, so I'd have to count back because I've had Paradigm for a while and I don't think it was quite my 10th business. <laughs> but I had a bunch of little businesses in between. Mm-hmm. So like I started it and then I would focus on some other stuff and then I would come back to it and then focus on other stuff and then I would take a job and then I would come back to it. And so mm-hmm. it, it's but probably... Then, But then within Paradigm, you being an MSP, you have silos of business aspects within your business, like your software portion is a business, you know, a time when you did hosted, that was a business, and it has since dried up and changed, you know, all these mini business have come and gone within your business. So you've probably what I was thinking probably run 50 businesses. In <laughs> so but after that, I should have five successful ones. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, t- you make a good point about how easy it is to start a business in the United States because you don't even have to, you don't even have to sign up as a business. You can go to the bank and fill out a DBA form doing business as, because that's what I did initially. I didn't, do, I didn't have a company. I did doing business as so that I yeah. could deposit checks yeah. and I kept that money as a separate thing. And I didn't, you didn't even have to really do anything. Well, I was going to say, you, you don't even need to do that much. I mean, I can grab a rake and go remote, uh, go rake my neighbor's lawn and get paid 20 bucks. <laughs> I am quote unquote in business for you myself, business. <laughs> you know, even without any DBA, without a separate bank account, without any permits, without any, you know, certificates from the state or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the danger is because people start these businesses. I had my, my former neighbor had a dog walking business mm-hmm. and she had a number of other ladies who, you know, working for her walking dogs and things. No, shred of comprehension about taxes, payroll, who's paying what, you know, are they contractors or employees? And she just gave me a like deer in the headlights stare. 
had no idea, which, you know, what's the difference? What does it matter? And I was like, mm-hmm. ah, how, how were you able to come this far? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> this is not safe. Yeah. So anyway. Well, since, since we're talking about this, I am going to put a link in the show note for, um, for the SBA so that our listeners, if they're listening, they can, uh, how 10 steps to start your own business and the SBA's mm-hmm. guidance with that. And there are people out there who are willing to help. And even if you just only read some of this stuff, yes, don't even actually get their help. You'll have a better clue. <laughs> how has your experience been? Have, have you engaged with SBA? I did. I did engage with SBA um, initially. Uh, and I met with, cause there are volunteer business owner counselors mm-hmm. and I did meet with one once or twice, you know, <laughs> kind of told them what I was doing. Here was my business plan. Yep. And, and they reviewed my business plan and said, you know, I mean, they were just, a, they were just another veteran business owner. Yeah. They reviewed it. They said, yeah, you've got a, you got a solid plan here, here, you know, here's some advice that I would give you go look up this, go do that. Uh, if you want to get together again, you know, dude, just reach out to me and I'll, I'll talk to you. Yep. And so it, it was kind of a peer mentoring yeah. situation. Uh, and that's kind of, so you can, you can volunteer to be a peer mentor. Uh, you know, I've, that's, the idea has crossed my mind. Uh, like my experience with them has been hit or miss. Yeah. You know, like it, and it really depends if I found, I had a couple of, you know, of counselors and they were really useful, you know, really good, really useful information. And I had a few others who were just like, you know, you just, they don't get it. They don't, they don't understand the business I'm in. You know, they're talking about like wanting to talk about inventory management and all. So I was like, yeah, but I don't want to sell stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I, was don't like, want, I don't want to keep inventory. I yeah. need just in time. I don't need to house anything. I can get anything I need tomorrow. It's okay. You know? Yeah. So, but uh, well, it, it is worth at least looking at, you know, some documentation. Like I was looking, you know, my, my plan earlier was I was going to be looking for my home down south just before COVID. You know, I was checking out Arizona. And so I was looking to set up calls with the SBA, you know, branches down in Arizona just to say, hey, you know, I want to transplant and, you know, be working down here for like half the year or so. What do I need to do to establish myself as a business? Or, you know, or does it make sense to just keep it as, an LLC in Massachusetts doing business in the state of Arizona, you know, what do I need to do? Right. Ask those questions. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then COVID-19 hit and uh, that, you know, plan got torpedoed. So don't have to worry about that right now. I will yeah. say that like from the small business owners perspective, life is so much simple, simpler if yeah. you stay within one state. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, just as someone who has operated out of three states at the same time, that's a pain, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like it's it's really a pain. You've got three states, not counting local or counties, and then the feds that you have to be, you know, coordinating with. Mm-hmm. That becomes a hassle, and it's really easy to miss something. And the next thing you know, you're like, you know, getting these letters that you owe hundreds or thousands of dollars in penalties or taxes or whatnot because you didn't file this or you didn't pay that. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a turnoff. Yeah. That really makes me not want to do business in your state. You know? mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Well, and collecting anyway. tax. I mean, we've talked about it before where I, I actually got in trouble with the, uh, with the sales tax because yep. it was my understanding as a service company. And the way that I read the law was that I didn't have to collect sales tax. 
and it didn't matter how I read the law, I was wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> I was yes. wrong. And I am uh, four, well, three years and 11 months into my payback program for all the taxes that I did not collect, <laughs> plus penalty. So it's not a matter of now I just get to pay it back. I get to pay it back with penalty and interest. Uh-huh. Uh, so You are such a good citizen. Well, yeah, I, I didn't mean to be. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean to be such a good citizen. <laughs> you know, I, I would have loved to have realized that I was making a mistake, correct the mistake, and and not have to pay all the back taxes, but you know, it's the like I said, it's the you said it's the right thing to do. Yep. Um so it's yeah. the right that's what I'm doing. It would be nice if they didn't have quite as many of these traps for us to walk into though, you know. So Yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have received a letter that says, You've been in business now for two years. Other businesses like yours are sending us sales tax and they're required by this <laughs> ordinance. You are not sending that. Um, would you, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. Yeah. Instead, they waited eight years. <laughs> so I did this for eight years. <laughs> well, the state of Vermont's way of doing it, and this was one of the reasons that I got livid and was just like, that's it. I'm closing up shop. Um, one of the, the final straws for my coffee shop was they decided um, at one point, I don't remember what it was, but someone brilliant in the state of Vermont uh, department of taxes decided that they should just estimate uh, what people owed for taxes yes. and tell them that they hadn't paid it. And so I got a bill from my coffee shop saying that I owed like $10,000 in rooms and meals tax. <laughs> I wanted to punch someone in the blankety blank face. I was like, I haven't done $10,000 worth of business, you son of a blank. You know, but like, I was, I was like, that's ridiculous. You know, and my, my uh, accountant at the time was like, Oh, don't worry about it. And I was like, no, I'm, I am worried about it. Cause I got a letter from the freaking state saying that I owe more than $10,000 in taxes. <laughs> and I was like, that was, that's, ah, I'm really, you can, you can, you can see how much this aggravates me. This is over 10 years ago and I'm still ticked off at this. So I just like, yeah, but you know, Hey, they can get away with that crap because they're the government. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so yeah. let's move on to something happy about a, a yeah, small win that I had last week. Small win. All right. Small win. Actually it was, yeah, it was, it was supposed to be, we were going to talk about it. We didn't get to it. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a garbage disposal. I do have a garbage disposal. You ever have trouble with it? Nope. The only trouble I usually have is like, if I put something in it that it very clearly after the fact, I really should have realized it could not dispose of. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no way this grapefruit is going to go through that. 
<laughs> let's let's find out. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not talking about spoons <laughs> or tin cans, okay? I'm not a billy goat, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I put in some stuff. Uh, what was I trying to get rid of last week? Oh, I had a bunch. Um, I had a bunch of old um, greens. Oh. And just, you know, like a ton of them. And I'm like, well, I could throw them in the trash or I could throw them in the garbage disposal, you know. So I just threw them in there. And it was just going and going and going and going. But you can still hear it when it's in there. It's not <laughs> being disposed of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then I would run water in it, but then the water started to back up. So yeah. it wasn't, I was like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. And I kept on running it and running it. And eventually it stopped. Uh -oh. It's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, that's not cool. And I opened it up and I looked at it underneath and I touched the, gar the garbage disposal and boy, it was hot. Uh huh. I was like, well, I might have just cost myself several hundred dollars and then, you know, have my, have my plumber come along and replace this thing. I was like, let me look at this and see if I can find a way to fix this. Mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's see if there's a quick fix, how to repair my garbage disposal. Mm -hmm. And I poked around and sure enough, um, I looked around and I found a, you know, first article I found online on, you know, how to do it yourself, DIY.com or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. know, was um, check underneath um, for the red, button there should be a button on it like a circuit yeah. breaker kind of thing and i was like mm -hmm. oh okay let's look around and i found felt around i couldn't see it because it's on the underside of the garbage disposal but mm -hmm. i did find something and i pressed it and you know those you know when you flip a switch you can tell it's not taking yeah you yeah. know you press it and nothing happens that was going on and i was mm -hmm. like okay obviously so what happens is it has an overheat prevention mm -hmm. flip sw switch which got triggered so i was like okay well i'll just wait for a while in the meantime, my sink is backed up and I've got like dill and shallot greens <laughs> floating around in it. It's rather disgusting. You got your shop vac to clean out your sink? <laughs> Came close. But I'm like, you know, I had a plunger, you know, I was plunging the thing. And uh, so I'm like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. And of course, I'm impatient. So I grabbed my ice packs out of the freezer and wrapped it around <laughs> the, uh, the thing, hoping to cool it down faster. <laughs> And it, you know, it took about 15 minutes or so, but then I tried it again, and sure enough, it turned on. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Cheers. Yay. All right. I'm going to let it alone. I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to just, you know, pour, I threw a bunch of ice into the sink just to start getting things cooler and stuff. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I was able to clean it out and got it working again. There you go. So, rule number one is don't um, run your uh, garbage disposal too long. Rule number zero is learn what stuff you should not put in the garbage disposal. <laughs> and don't, don't the rule, rule number 0.5 is don't overstuff the poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that was a neat, a neat little trick. If your garbage disposal ever just stops working, um, you know, just turn it off, let it sit for, you know, go, go make yourself a cup of coffee. Don't pour the grinds in the garbage disposal. Go do something. No, no. Else. You're never supposed to put grinds in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a confession. I, I do that all the time. <laughs> your uh, your trap is probably full. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> so so what you need to do if you have been pouring grinds in there, 
I'm making need... coffee. I'm making the world's oldest brewed cup of coffee in that trap. Yeah. What you need to do uh, frequently, uh, maybe once a week, is Pull get the trap your, out. <laughs> well, get your get yourself a big pot of water. Yep. Pour the water down the garbage disposal side at a fast rate, as fast as it'll yes. go down there, because it'll help clean it. the trap. Yep. Uh, and that should clean out your second side of the sink. If yep. you look, you should be able to see the garbage disposal draining into the second side of the sink. Well, I only have one. I only have one drain. Then yeah, no problem. So, but yeah, and then you can also, since I I seem to know a lot about garbage disposals, but is to take a quarter or an eighth of a lime or a lemon and grind it in there from time to time, like every month, once a month. It helps take the smell down. Oh, okay. And it also breaks down um, funk that's growing. If the acid in there will yep. kill other things from growing in there. Yep. And it'll also pr it'll make it your garbage disposal live longer. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I wish I had known that last week. I had a bunch of limes that were just starting to turn, and I threw them all away. I yep. should have just thrown them all right down in the garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just a quarter of one. Just he chop it, in, chop it, it all. <laughs> Peel it all. Oh, yeah. just throw it right in there. Go. You, you can put the rind in, but just a quarter, a quarter of a, a quarter of a rind. <laughs> yeah, a quarter. So of maybe a lime. drink your Corona and then pour there everything you go. else out. There you go. Got it. So I thought you were going to tell me that you changed your own garbage disposal. Oh, heck no. <laughs> so, so there's a, do you know who Robert Kiyosaki is? The author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that he tells in there is part of his, you know, uh, teaching process of, you know, spending good money and spending bad money was a story that he tells about. He changed his own garbage disposal and he was kind of proud of it. You know, he, but he is kind of proud of it, but he went to, I'm going to use even numbers to make it easy, but he like went to Home Depot or wherever and bought one for $150, spent two days and got it fixed. Well, the hit a plumber friend of his, he told his plumber friend the story and he said, why'd you do that? You know, he said, I could have, I could have bought this disposal for $75 wholesale and, and I would have charged you $50 to change it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you would have spent less money and I would have changed it out and it would have been done in an hour. Mm -hmm. Then you took two days to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and he was like, huh. And, and it, you know, all the money that was his time, his money was wasted yes. in that process. Yes. And he may not have even done it right. It may right. leak a month from now. <laughs> and that's where, where you're going, like, Am I physically and mentally capable of changing a garbage disposal? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is it worth my time? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I've got a perfectly capable plumber and he does great work. I've never had complaints about his work and, you know, that's his chosen line of profession. So. Yeah. I mean, if that's your hobby, like that's what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you want to play Mushkin or you want to play, uh, you know, D Deadlands rather Bingo. than changing garbage disposals, let somebody else change that garbage disposal and you enjoy your evening. <laughs> and that's it. Tomorrow afternoon, for instance, like I could see myself because because the way I do things is I often and this is, you know, this is like a, a, a flaw, a personality trait, a quirk, I don't know, of my, of my own. 
that I've known for a long time. I'm really good about getting things going and starting them off and then overseeing them, but I'm not a finisher. Yeah. Right? I'm not a closer. Right? That's, <laughs> not, that's not my strength, right? Coffee's and for it, closers, Peter. Hmm? Coffee's for closers. <laughs> Coffee's for closers, right. Well, not this closer. So, um, but I, I, you know, I know that, right? So um, that, that's why I have made sure that I have other people to do stuff like that. You know, if it's a, for whatever reason, like I love finishing a task, mm -hmm. but I'm more about like starting a new one. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's more what I do. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the reasons though, that I like to manage small teams. I'll start projects. And then, you know, once things have gotten, I've gotten the momentum and it's pushed. I'm like, okay, now you jump in and I'll keep pushing and okay, pop the clutch and go. Go. Right? <laughs> there you and go. I'll just make sure, keep it a little to the left, a little to the right. Okay. You're good. Right. Let me ask you this. When you were 28, were you that way? Or did you evolve to that? I think I still, I think I, I was like that. See, I wasn't. I, I evolved. I, I'm where you are now, mm -hmm. but I didn't used to be that way. I used to have to start it and see it to the finish because nobody can do it as well as me. And now I've evolved to where that's foolishness. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't, um, it, this is not like a perfectionist gene or anything like that or, or yeah. thing for me, it's just, uh, I mean, one could say it's like a, a sign of laziness of some sort, you know, and, mm -hmm. and in some ways laziness is a virtue, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to get maximum output with minimal input. I think that's a virtue. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But where I was going with this is, what would happen is I would start the process of replacing the garbage disposal. I would get tired after just pulling everything apart and I would take a break. And then I would probably come back to it in about an hour, play with it a little more, get a little bit further. And by Sunday evening, maybe I'd have the job finished. But all be <laughs> weekend I'd be garbage disposal free and I would have this chore that's looming over me and I wouldn't get my homework done. I wouldn't go out running. I wouldn't do yoga. I wouldn't play Deadlands. I wouldn't do all these other fun things that I want in my life. It's just not <laughs> a great use of my time. Yep. I get it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So on that note, let's talk about our main topic. Okay. Well, well, let's get, I got one more, uh, headline thing. Or, let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> Cause why don't you not. just tell me what we're going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know this, but I requested another SBA loan on Wednesday. Did, did I also? I don't think you did. <laughs> but you didn't know that you did, so maybe I don't know that I did. Maybe you did, and you don't know it. <laughs> oh boy. But, but I did. So I got a call, I got a call from the SBA, the, a, a gentleman from the SBA. Yep. And they, I knew that I didn't request a loan, but I did request when they were talking about the $10,000 grant that you could get in March because of COVID. Yep. I applied for that right? because we didn't know there was a lot of things we didn't know at the time, but I was yep. going to apply for it. And if I didn't need it, I didn't need it. And I wasn't going to take it. Yep. Well, I didn't need it and I was, I wasn't going to take it. So I just let the application process die. Yep. 
So he called me saying yesterday saying that, that he was going to not, or he was going to deny my application loan. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is the second time that they've called me. Let me just go ahead and tell them, kill that loan. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, it's almost a year later and they're still calling me about this. So let's kill this thing because yeah. otherwise they'll keep calling. Save so them some time. Yeah. I saved them some time. So I got on the phone with him and he said, well, I got a notification that, that you were requesting a new loan. Uh, I took a look at your website. You know, the loan says that you only have two employees. It says you have, your phone number is out of Louisiana and I went to your website and you have like 60 employees. So this didn't match up. So I was going to deny this loan. Okay. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that none of those are true. Uh, no, none of those, none of those are true. (laughs) You don't have two employees. You don't have 60 employees. Last I checked, you're not in Louisiana. So (laughs) not in Louisiana, but the wonderful thing is the person who signed up for the SBA loan had my social security number, my real one, not a made up one. But of course he didn't, you know, and it wasn't a scam. He didn't ask me for it. He didn't provide it. He just, he told me that, you know, it came through, it had my social security and he was, he was really doing a courtesy call just Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, I think you've been compromised, which I, which I really did appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I said, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. You can close out this loan process. I didn't request this. And so I, um, I called, I've got uh, insurance. Uh, Xander insurance is my, it's one of my cybersecurity insurances. So I've got more than one, but this one, so I called him. I said, Hey, I just got this call. Describe it. She said, well, there's two things you can do. You can either do a freeze or you can do a fraud alert and freeze stops everything. Fraud alert just makes everybody heightened who is requesting your stuff. I said, let's do a fraud alert. And while I was doing my fraud alert, I also found out that I have a house in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's amazing. (laughs) I did not know that. I did not know that either. And so I made that known that that is not a valid address for me. I've never lived in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, I've spent two days there at most, (laughs) 48 hours, and that was at the MGM Grand. And they don't let me put that down as my address. Residence? <laughs> Residence. <laughs> I'm not paying them enough to actually live here. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even comp me drinks. <laughs> Losers. Losers. So, uh, so that, that was funny. So, it, and, and I hadn't received any notification on my, um, my whatever report, my Experian, whatever right. those private. So, if I were you, Peter... I would probably review it if you haven't reviewed it in the last quarter. Well, I did look in because I got my SBA loan through Cabbage and I did check uh, just uh, yesterday, I believe. And it Mm -hmm. says loan repayment instructions are coming soon. Yeah. So (laughs) still coming soon. Yeah. (sighs) So I I was glad to, like I said, that was a, uh, you know, thanks SBA. That was, that was good service. So they did something good. That's, so, that's, that is actually kind of nice. Yeah. So even though he worked for the government, he was a solid dude. 
just because you work for the government doesn't mean that you're a jerk. Just happens that those line up a lot. <laughs> they line up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to yeah. the main topic. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to the main topic. Before I alienate any more of our listener. <laughs> yeah, they called me a loser. I'll show him a loser. I see an audit in his future. I was just going to say, uh, now who's losing? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, okay, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so I ran across this article, and we've talked about retirement before. Yes, we have. But, and I will include this link in the show notes. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a well-written article kind of giving guidelines of, of where you should be yep. in your retirement as, as you're going along. And, and I got some excellent advice when I was 18 oh. and, and it was put as much money as you possibly can. Even if you feel like it's not very much money, just put something away with your first real job. And as soon as I had the, and I started putting money in it, 18 and 19 when I had a real job, but I started putting money in retirement and 401k at the company where I work, put as much as I could. And it has made such a big difference. That's those small dollars in my twenties mean a whole lot in my (laughs) sixties. I wish that I had known that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm, all about saving and you know as much as i can now but man <laughs> would have gotten so much more bang for my bucks if i had put it away when i was you know like, i give they give the example i think when i was in college um where like if you um you know they give two examples like one guy starts saving at 18 and puts away like you know like five thousand dollars and then stops saving Mm-hmm. And then the next guy starts saving when he's 30 and has to save for the rest of his life just to catch up to where the 18 year old was. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this article, uh, so they break it down. So in the, in the twenties, so, uh, they had, I thought there was numbers to say about how much, yeah, they do. Uh, they do. So I don't see it at age 20, but how much money to save by age 25 is their advice is shoot for about one quarter of your annual cash. What you get as gross after taxes, what you get, put that in as your, as your savings. So that, and there it goes around $10,000. So age 25, you should be putting in about $10,000. Like, well, that's a lot of money. Yeah. To a 25 year old. And I yeah. remember that being a lot of money. So how much is 10,000 well, like was, 700? My salary was like maybe $30,000 when I was that age. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like that a hurts. third of everything before taxes. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I'm sorry. That's not save 10,000 a year by 25, you should have about 10,000. Exactly. That's, that's a little more palatable. Yeah. Cause 10,000 a year is $833. But if you had been saving since you're 20, so let's say five years. So 10,000 divided by five is 20 or $2,000 a year, $2,000 a year divided by 12, 
it's $167 per month. That's pocket change these days. Yes. Yes. You know, so, like I'm looking at like, no, I need to be spending, I need to be saving more like that every month, not every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, and neither of us are 25 anymore. So let's see what they say at age 30. So age 30 would have about average and by 30, it's looking at 40,000. So, age 35, you should have close to $50,000 in retirement. Okay. Age 40, you should have close to 150000 Okay. And age 45, which is right where we are, we're a little bit older than 45. Where's our number here? I want us 200000 So, we should, a, and this is just to be healthy. I mean, be able to... Retire not on Alpo. Not <laughs> on what? Not on Alpo. Oh, not Al living on Alpo. I think he said not on, out on a boat. <laughs> Wait, well, because I believe the numbers when I was running these before. So, you know, if you had 200,000 right now at age 45, you're looking at if you retire at 65, um, you would have about $2 million. And if you lived off of the interest on that, estimated interest of 6% on average, some years more, some years less, you know, you would have an income of like $103,000 per year. For a couple, that's about the same as they're working if they're just middle class, mm -hmm. you know, middle class worker. So yep. that would be a good place to be. Yep. <laughs> so I like to have a little bit higher quality of living in retirement because... Yeah. I want to be able to take my kids or grandkids to Disney and so Starkist, not Alpo. Starkist, yeah, yeah. I want yeah. to go up rather than Alpo. Yeah, seafood. <laughs> Seafood's fancier. So, so let's see. So forty-five is at two hundred thousand, and I don't think they go any higher than that because it's like you mentioned. It's really hard to start investing at forty-five and come up with <clears throat> anything with, with anything. <laughs> <laughs> because my investing like now I'm able, I'm putting, I'm 15 years away from 60. So I'm, for, how old am I? I'm 46. <laughs> how old am I? <laughs> but, how you old know, are you Adam? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's a big difference in retiring at 65 in your money versus 72. I mean, yeah. not 70 too, but 70 also. Yep. So if you can, if you have a, you know, a good lifestyle and you're healthy and you can continue to work, you're in a vocation that will allow you to work to 70, yep. your money will be worth so much more at 70 than it will be at 65. Yep. So God willing, you know, I'm not going to touch my retirement till 70, but yep. yeah, like I said, God willing, <laughs> never know. Keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So, all that to say, if you're 45, you should have about 200000 in your retirement now. If you don't, get in Get it. on it. Get on it. Get after it. <laughs> don't buy that $70,000 four-by-four truck. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that $70,000 four-door sedan. I was like, um... <laughs> But Adam, I, uh, 
Don't buy that Tesla. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how about that Tesla stock, though? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, on that note, so I mentioned that I bought the uh, the full self driving upgrade, right? You did. Mm-hmm. And they said that within I don't remember it was like within ten days or something, or like by November eleventh or so, they were supposed to let me know when the upgrade was available, so I could schedule the hardware upgrade. Mm-hmm. They haven't. <sighs> <laughs> so i'm just gonna open up a new service call and say hey guys when when are you gonna talk to me hey you guys you guys hey you there hi hello, hey hi hello <laughs> i'm gonna send a new chat yep exactly so that's fun <laughs> oh right so we know how much we have to have saved so that's good so. yep so um i don't have a new nifty this week i am pleased to say that the uh, wahoo ticker fit heart rate monitor that i got is working out Mm-hmm. Um, I did have some concerns about it because I was wearing it on my forearm. Right. Like we've talked about before when something even like lightly constricts my body in certain ways, it becomes really uncomfortable and it causes my you know muscles to tense up. Right. But I found out that I can also wear it on the upper arm, mm-hmm. which I've been doing. And when I put it there, I forget it's there. Cool. So it's actually, I'm actually wearing it right now. And I like, if I don't think about it, I, I forget about it. So mm-hmm. um, all in all, I think it is, mildly more accurate than the watch the watch definitely especially with ios 7 has become i mean watch os 7 became a little bit funky and um you know especially like getting those initial readings on workouts was really unreliable Mm -hmm. so i am definitely feels to me like i'm getting more consistent readings that said they're not super duper different i looked at my numbers for like a year ago and when i'm running my heart rate was usually in the 150s or so Mm-hmm. You know, so and and now it's usually in the 140s, 150s. So it's not dramatically different, but it's dramatically different from the readings that I was getting recently. You know, after upgrading, right after upgrading to Watch OS 7, because that was mm-hmm. putting me up at like 190. Mm-hmm. You know, in the like for a guy your age, you should have a heart attack zone. You know? <laughs> yeah. Are you so, dead? Yeah. Are you sure you're reading? This is, you might want, should we call 911? Are we, <laughs> Yeah. would you like us to call someone for you? This doesn't seem healthy. So, so, so yeah, there you go. I think so that's this, about all I've got at the moment. What else you got? I'll, I'll tell you a, a little funny story talking about heart rate. So yes, Wednesday. So I, you know, I do CrossFit yeah. and one You're of the guys, of the of CrossFit, we know. I'm one of the cult of CrossFit, one of the guys that is also a member of the cult, uh, he is the same age as me. We were, I mean, we graduated same class in high school, uh, but not the same schools. We actually did play football against each other, uh, but we didn't know each other until recently. And so he's the same age as me and typically he's faster than me. Um, I'm not a, I'm not speedy. I am one of those guys that I will not quit. Um, I'm not the, I'm not like one of those turtles. It's like really slow. I'm just, I'm the slowest of the fast guys mm-hmm. and, and I always get it done. I never quit, but I'm not the fastest. Well, he, he beats me nine times out of 10, but every once in a while I'll have a tailwind <laughs> and I can beat him and and he hates it. He hates it. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers him. But every once in a while, I just get really, I get a, I get tickled if, uh, if I can beat him. Mm-hmm. So we had on Wednesday, we had this marathon. It was 75 wall balls with 20 pound ball. And then you had to run 600 meters. 
and come back and do deadlifts and then start it over again. Well, I got through my wall balls pretty quick and I, I was leaving for my run and he wasn't done with his wall balls. And I said, I think I might be able to, to beat him on this one today. And so I, I took it slow my run the first 300 meters of my run I took it slow and I could hear him heavy breathing coming up on me and I got to the turn point and I went as fast as I could go <laughs> coming back and he couldn't catch up and uh and I ended up beating him got done with it and you know he didn't make much of a big deal about it and then I texted him later uh, there, me and this other guy, we, we text, the, or, you know, we joke around and I texted with him. He's like, yeah, I tried all I could do to catch you. And I just couldn't catch you. And I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, ah, I knew I got you. <laughs> sorry, like, oh. not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was going to get under your skin. He didn't say anything then, but, but it, it graded on him all day till <laughs> I thought I was going to catch you. I couldn't catch you. <laughs> I, uh, last week on Saturday, I ran out with my, um, my running group and my coach and the group that he's put together, my, my former roommate, Charlie. Um, oh, incidentally, if you are interested in, um, um, in learning how to run, um, it is, da -da 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 -da. Nope, that's not his website. Darn it, what is it? Just, ah. Oh. I thought it was, I thought I had it, but apparently I don't have it. So, um, well, anyway, my friend Charlie launched a website <laughs> <laughs> whose URL I'm forgetting right now. It's not the one I thought it was. Um, but anyway, I went running with them, and he uh, took us down a trail. He's like, hey, you guys want to go down my favorite hill? And I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And so we're with a group. You know, he's in his late 20s now. The rest of the group, I'm pretty sure, are all in their 20s. Yeah. And then there's me. The, mm -hmm. you know, literally old enough to be their dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the five of us went down this quarter mile hill yeah. and then turned around and went straight back up it again. <laughs> and I started out at the back of the pack and Charlie was leading. And, you know, towards the end, I caught up. I was within about 50 feet of him at the top of the hill. Nice. We were way ahead of everybody else, except he was just like, do, 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 do. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I got to the top of the hill and I was like, remind me not to try to keep up with you on hills. <laughs> yeah. Every time I run with him and there's a hill, it feels like I'm killing myself. <laughs> yeah. You tie a rope to him. <laughs> it, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> but you know, I was pretty happy that I was still able to, you know, effectively smoke everyone else in the group. So I was well, like, heck yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know what being number two i'll try harder <laughs> yeah we don't mind being number two we try yep. harder we're totally good with that <laughs> all right do we have anything else that we need to cover today no we do right. not this is the part where i normally say i'm gonna go out for a run but i did that this morning so oh good yeah i uh, i switched up my routine this week i'm targeting 30 kilometers every week and what i've kilometers. been doing is I'm American. 10K. I don't know what a kilometer is. Uh, about uh, 0.6 miles. Oh, there. Okay. 0.62. A little over right. half a mile. Okay. So I'm, char I'm targeting about 18 miles a week. Let's put it that nice. way. 18 and a half miles a week. 
And um, what I'd been doing was just uh, 10K, 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 you know, every couple of days. Mm -hmm. But the weather, you know, like, well, last week the weather was kind of nice one day. So I ran, a, you know, I did an extra 5K and then I did an extra 5K, but I hadn't rested. So I wasn't really feeling up for a 10K the next day. So I just mm -hmm. kept on doing 5Ks every day. There you go. And so I still have to do another one tomorrow and then I will meet my, my, my thing. But then I think maybe, I don't know, I have to take a rest day somewhere in there and then I'm going to target mm -hmm. back to getting on. I, I really like where my body is when I do a 10 K every other day. That yeah. just, it feels good. That combined with the hundred pushups we're doing every day. And you know, you don't see, there's a little bit of banter on the signal group, but uh, you know, it's definitely fostering a little more camaraderie with uh, mm -hmm. some of my friends at work which yeah. is also what I was hoping. So, you know, you're welcome. Obviously, this is your idea. So if you want to invite any other buddies, you know, bring them on <laughs> in. You know? so. I know you, you'll, you'll vouch for them. They're, they're cool. And we can always yeah. kick anybody else that we don't like it, right? So. Yeah. yeah. I thought about uh, – you, you told me later that uh, the one guy was your boss who was in the group. He said, well, just, you know, just give me a heads up. This is my boss. And I, I thought about sending something like, Peter, you said this guy was a jerk. He's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you could totally do that. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, yes, that, that will, it would, it would go over perfectly well. I think you should. Yeah. You know, Peter, I thought you said your boss was a jerk, but he's, he's pretty cool. <laughs> and I could see, I would either get a, a, a private message from him or, 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 or just like, you know, dot, dot, dot from him or nothing at all. Yeah. Most likely nothing at all. <laughs> Uh, anyway, on that note, I think it's your turn to take us out. It is. So we do want your feedback. Uh, so if you'd like to give us some feedback, please do so. You can do so on our webpage at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. There's a contact us form. It will email Peter and it will email me and it won't email you, but you don't want to be spammed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you want to discuss something in particular we're 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 willing to entertain talking about that so one thumb up from peter maybe two and now the other now two thumbs up so uh with that i think we'll use one of those thumbs to hit the big red, red button. button to contact either us or our guests visit blurring the lines podcast.com if you like what you're hearing do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.